0: Today, Court Docs reveal Sam Bankman-Fried borrowed hundreds of millions of dollars from Alameda to fund his purchase of Robinhood shares. Crypto exchange Kraken announces it will soon close down its operations in Japan. And Airy Redboard of TRM Labs breaks down where regulators made the most progress this year and what to expect in 2023. Welcome to CNBC's Crypto World, I'm Pippa Stevens. Crypto prices are in the red today. As of noon Eastern, Bitcoin dipped, trading around $16,500. Ether dropped just below the $1,200 mark and Solana plunged 9%, trading around 10 bucks. Okay, let's talk about the top stories. First up, Sam Bankman-Fried borrowed hundreds of millions of dollars from FTX's sister crypto hedge fund, Alameda Research. ...to buy his stake in Robinhood. That's according to this court document filed the day before SBF's arrest. In it, the FTX founder said he and his co-founder Gary Wong... ...borrowed more than $546 million from the crypto trading firm... ...through promissory notes in April and May. They used that money to finance emergent Fidelity Technologies... ...the Shell Corporation that in May bought a 7.6% stake in the trading app Robinhood... This comes to light as the battle over ownership of about $450 million worth of Robinhood stock continues. Court documents indicate about 56 million Robinhood shares owned by Emergent are currently frozen in a brokerage account. According to this court filing, three parties have tried to get control of those shares, including bankrupt crypto lender BlockFi, an FTX creditor, and Bankman Freed himself, who has indicated he wants to use those shares to cover the cost of his legal bill.
1: Could you believe that? Could you believe that, fam? This dude has stole, allegedly stolen, half a billion dollars wasted billion dollars or more and want to use the rest of the money to fund his legal defense (laughs) man that takes gonads that takes gonads whoo i don't know i don't know fam what do you guys think about this let's continue
0: Bills. Earlier this month, federal prosecutors charged SBF with stealing billions of dollars in FTX customer assets to plug losses at Alameda. Wong pleaded guilty to federal fraud charges last week and is cooperating with prosecutors. Meantime, FTX customers filed a class action lawsuit yesterday against the failed crypto exchange and its former top execs, including SBF seeking a declaration that the company's crypto holdings belong to them. The lawsuit is the latest legal attempt to claim FTX's shrinking assets. The company is already feuding with liquidators in the Bahamas and Antigua, as well as the bankruptcy estate of BlockFi. Next, Kraken will stop operations in Japan next month as the battered crypto industry continues to consolidate. The crypto exchange made the announcement in this blog post today, claiming a, quote, weak crypto market globally. Kraken will deregister from Japan's financial services agency by the end of next month. The company has been in cost-cutting mode lately. And you might remember, last month, Kraken slashed more than 1,000 jobs. That's 30% of its workforce. Last, an investor who allegedly drained trading platform Mango Markets of Crypto worth millions of dollars was arrested Monday in Puerto Rico. According to this complaint made public yesterday, Avraham Eisenberg's trades in futures related to Mango's token, MNGO, allowed him to withdraw about $110 million in crypto from the deposits of other investors with no apparent intention to pay them back. Authorities say that in October, Eisenberg allegedly used two accounts at the same time to buy and sell futures based on the relative values of Mango's token and the stablecoin USDC. The complaint says that by being on both sides of the transaction, he artificially inflated the price of the token relative to USDC, allowing him to borrow and then withdraw millions of dollars worth of different cryptocurrencies. Mango negotiated with Eisenberg and reached a Settlement to recover about $67 million. Now, according to the complaint, Eisenberg claimed responsibility for what authorities call the market manipulation scheme. Eisenberg now faces commodities fraud and manipulation charges in the U.S. All right, on to our main story. Regulators and lawmakers around the world spent 2022 debating new legal frameworks for the crypto industry and after the fall of FTX calls for regulation are louder than ever. So crypto world's Jordan Smith spoke with Airy Redboard of TRM Labs to find out where regulators made the most progress in 2022 and what new reforms to expect in 2023.
2: Let's start with a big picture and a look back at 2022. What has progress in terms of crypto regulation looked like around the world? Where are some of the leaders in regards to regulating the industry?
3: yeah no uh, first thanks thanks so much for having me on um, it, it really has been a truly extraordinary year and I think what what sort of we forget in some of the sort of the, the crypto winter narrative and around FTX recently is really we've seen regulators globally start to think very seriously and actually implement, what sound regulation or policy can look like in the cryptocurrency space. I think we're starting, you, you got to start with the EU, with Europe this year, really, um, who, uh, who imp- voted on and, and uh, now will eventually um, ratify MECA, the Markets and Crypto Assets Regulation. And the reason I start there is because it's really the first sort of comprehensive framework globally uh, for crypto. So it deals with everything from central bank digital currencies to stable coins to environmental Um, But the thing it does that I think is most important is it creates what they call a passportable license. And what that means is if you are a cryptocurrency business and you get a license in Greece or or, or Spain or Germany, that license is passportable. In other words, you can use it in um, France or, you know, any other sort of EU member state. And what that creates is sort of uh, really for the first time creating clarity to cryptocurrency businesses and say, hey, if we engage with Spain or the Spanish regulators, then we also have the sort of ability to, 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 um, to uh, create a business in, in Germany or, or elsewhere. I think that's really, really, really important. Um, you know, I, I think the fun thing in sort of in the, in the regulatory space is we have seen, um, I think, start some consistency start to play out. You know, uh, this year, uh, Dubai set up the first ever uh, cryptocurrency-only regulatory body called VARA, the Virtual Assets Regulatory Authority. Uh, just extraordinary. Um, even just in the last few weeks, we have seen uh, the UK, um, start, you know, put put out additional um, you know thoughts on what it will take to become a cryptocurrency hub. And that's sort of a, I think that's an important sort of catchphrase this year. Is we're seeing regulators around the world, yes, want to regulate because you want to keep an ecosystem safe, right? Consumer protection, anti-money laundering, investor protection, but you also want to create this hub. And in order to create a hub for crypto, an environment where crypto wants to operate, you have to create that regulatory clarity. So, uh, you know, I know we'll talk about the U.S. a little bit more in a moment, but that's just sort of like the very, like you know, high level. Um, so much, so much going on in the world uh, today in the space. Um, in regards to the U.S., you make an
2: important point about concerns over overregulating because crypto world spoke to Senator Ted Cruz earlier this year, and he was actually concerned about overregulation in reaction to FTX, but. In regards to crypto regulation, we haven't really seen any in the U.S. this year. There's There have been proposed bills that haven't really gone anywhere yet. Can you talk about what the holdup is with crypto regulation here? What are, what are we waiting on? Or do we already have the rules in place with the SEC and there really isn't a need for any right now?
3: Yeah, know it, it's an interesting moment for the U.S. and sort of policymakers. And, you know, there's a reason I started with other jurisdictions in the world, right, when talking about this today. Um, but the reality is, look, I mean, this year, you know, What are the big stories this year? I think the White House uh, framework on digital assets is one of the major stories this year in the crypto space. And really, I think there was some sense within the um, executive branch that we were not going to be at a point, mostly politically, to get to sort of a MECA-style comprehensive framework for digital assets from the legislative branch, from Congress. So it really sort of, so what the White House is, it tasked the interagency um, to the, the executive branches, the, the SEC, the Treasury Department, the J- Justice Department, the State Department, um, commerce with coming up with a executive branch framework. And um, it is that sort of comprehensive framework, but you know look, the executive is a, has a different function. The executive is an enforcement function function. It has a prosecutorial function. It is essentially implementing the laws of Congress. So you see a lot of focus, of course, on hey, SEC enforcement actions, um, sanctions, the use of sanctions, uh, the use of, you know, tools that Treasury has for illicit finance. Um, So it starts to create that, but it also talks about financial stability and market integrity and the importance of the U.S. becoming a cryptocurrency hub. So I think that, like, on the one hand, you have legislative action that is very much still needed in the space, but you're seeing executive action um, sort of play out um, today.
2: Finally, turning to Outlook for 2023, I I guess I want to start with, where should people be paying attention for the most innovation in terms of crypto regulation around the world? What looks most promising for the industry or or for for customers uh, heading into next year?
3: One one thing I think is so important, and I'm I'm not naive enough to believe that we're going to have some sort of global framework for, you know, UN style, you know, for, for crypto, but I do believe that you know, it's a really extraordinary moment. You have this technology, right? The promise of cryptocurrency is cross-border value transfer at the speed of the internet. That to me is how we really revolutionize payments and the financial system with this technology. But what that means is cross-border value transfer, right? Like you have to really work. And I think what we're seeing, you know, Treasury wrote a paper as part of the White House executive order on international cooperation in the space. And while we're never gonna have global standards per se, or, or truly global regulation, what what I think we're starting to see is some consistency across sort of at least democratic, you know, leaning jurisdictions. Uh, so we've seen the the sort of similar requirements for a license in places like Singapore and Dubai, and um, and and the the European Union. We've seen consistency. Uh, I think we've seen more implementation of what they call the FATF standards, the Financial Action Task Force, which is sort of the UN of money laundering. I think we've seen more adoption of those standards. So I think to to your point, in 2023, we're going to see more of that, more consistency across different jurisdictions um, as all of this plays out. And I go back to something that I think is really important. And that is, yes, it's trying to stop bad actors. It's trying to create consumer confidence. It's trying to, you know, stop sort of the next FTX type scenario. But I do think at the same time, like, I love that we're seeing leaders globally embrace technology and innovation and want to be that hub, right? There's a prime minister now in the UK who uh, I think has really been leaning into the promise of technology becoming more and more of a hub. So I think the UK is definitely some place to look to in 2023, and we're already sort of have a preview of that over the last few weeks in terms of sort of, you know, what's coming. There's, you know, I think paper on stable coins. Uh, more on central bank digital currencies. So I think that'll be a big narrative is consistency sort of globally in the regulatory space. Um, but one thing I have learned about crypto in 2022 is, and this is probably why I don't sleep anymore, uh, you absolutely never know what is going to happen. Um, and I think we're, we're, we're regulators are also starting to just really try to get their ha- hands around that.
0: Okay, that's all for Crypto World today, but we are back again tomorrow and we'll see you then.
1: All right, so I tell you, this crypto, this crypto stuff is the wild, wild west. Um, more regulation is definitely needed. And we're going to continue on with this Sam Bakeman-Fried um, case, see how, how it goes. Now, coming up real soon, we're going to have a background. We're going to have a background of how it started, kind of the middle part of, of FTX and the fall of FTX. We're going to, you know, a lot of us know what happened at the end, but in the beginning and in the middle, were there signs that we ignored? Is it possible that we was blindsided by the greed, by the wealth? We're going to get right into that. Again, thank you for coming. Please like and subscribe to the show, and we'll see you next time.